Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Colour. Welcome to Jazz Shapers, where the shapers of business join the shapers of jazz, soul and blues. On the first full day of Love Supreme Jazz Festival, where we'll be in exactly one hour's time, ladies and gentlemen, for our weekend of programmes. Who better to join me than the man at the very centre of Love Supreme founder and festival director, Ciro Romano. This is an encore special because he was with me back in 2019. Music was Ciro's passion from an early age, and after a few years working as a corporate lawyer, including a stint at music label Universal, where he says he learned everything there was to learn about the music industry, Ciro founded Neapolitan Music, a management company in Able back in 2002. After spotting a gap in the market for a larger-scale, authentic, communal experience celebrating jazz music, as he says, Ciro set about creating Love Supreme, which launched in 2013 with a number of partners, including us here at Jazz FM. It's now the largest jazz festival in the UK, and with COVID-19 forcing the cancellation of both the 2020 and 21 festivals, Love Supreme is back, and it's bigger than ever. I'll be talking to Sir in just a couple of minutes about all of this, and indeed his new ventures. The first Love Supreme in Japan, and a brand new festival of music and ideas, the Kite Festival, which debuted only a few weeks ago. It's brilliant to have you back. Thank you, Elliot. It's good to be back. It's been a bit of a strange three years as I was reflecting. Um, the last time we spoke, it was pre-pandemic. Little did we know that anything was coming. The festival was going great guns and then it stopped and the world shut down. We're open for business again, Ciro. As you were thinking about putting this festival together this year, how did the last two years inform your attitude towards that? I think it made me even more focused and determined to make it work, to have the best bill that we could have and to sell as many tickets that we could do. I think especially after 2021 when I was hoping that we would be able to we would be able to launch the festival again, but we were a bit early in the season. It was June, July, so we we knew early on around about March, April it wouldn't be possible, but it was disappointing because there were some festivals in August and September 21. So yeah, it made me just more as I say more focused, more determined to make it work and to come back bigger and better. Did it change anything in, in terms of the, the choice of acts that you put on? I mean, a lot of us have experienced um, a different view of the world. You know, mm. things slowed down. Things were more isolated. Most people didn't see as many people. Most people couldn't do things together. Mm. Was there a sense that the acts that you were curating this year would really inspire and catalyze that sense of community? Or is it just, Elliot, they're just great musicians and I wanted them? I think the latter, because I think trying to create that 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 community feeling at a festival is something that we try and do every year anyway so this year in particular the bill just happens to be particularly strong on both days but nothing changed in terms of my booking policy or how i approached it the bill is amazing uh, it's here in front Thank of you. me erica badu gregory porter tom mish leanne lavis uh, ezra collective last night sister sledge i mean it's it's like one of those, um, you, you do those fancy league football things and you're, it's fancy <laughs> league jazz, jazz, soul and blues. Do you still, and I asked you this last time, I was, I was listening back um, to the programme knowing that I was going to see you today. Do you still have the, the pinch you moments or do you think now, all this time later, you're like, I'm kind of over it or is there still a fuisson of excitement? There's still definitely a fuisson of excitement. 
100%. Especially when something is full and the crowd are going crazy. That feeling, which is not the, the case at every single show that you do, is still something really, really special. So no, definitely there are pinch me moments. And today, later, we're going to have, is it 24,000 people here? 24,000 people here today, yeah. 24,000 people are going to be joining us very shortly here on Jazz FM at the Love Supreme Festival. 2022, it's happening. You went international this year. You ended up just outside Tokyo. How many people were celebrating Love Supreme 2022 in Tokyo? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were 5,000 people a day. We did almost exactly the same numbers as we did in Love Supreme in 2013 in Glind. It was almost exactly the same, though it was a very different experience. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> tell me about the, the, the vibe in Tokyo. What's the difference between a Japanese audience and a, and a, a I say a British audience, but an audience in the UK? They're a lot tidier. <laughs> uh, they're a lot less rowdy. They drink a lot less. Even though the Japanese do drink, somehow at this public festival, they don't drink as much. You know, there's just a lot less littered. Everything's more polite. They were all wearing masks. They're very respectful of the music. That's not to say people here aren't, but mm. there's, it, it, was just, it was just a bit less rowdy is the best way to describe it. But it was great. You know, it was busy and it was a lot of fun. And how did it make you feel knowing that you'd managed to export this this creation to another part of the world? Yeah, it was quite, it was, I felt it was quite a moving moment. Uh, I felt very proud of it, obviously. When you're sitting outside Tokyo and you're seeing your original branding that you did in 2012 and lights, uh, yeah, it's a great feeling. The sense of other always strikes me in Japan. I've mm. been a fair few times and worked with lots of Japanese companies over the years. That sense there, apart from it being yours... Mm. Did you feel that? Did you feel that the difference? When I mean, you talk about the fact that people enjoyed the music, you know, really into the music, and I observed that as well yeah. in terms of kind of being quite expert in yeah. what's going on and being almost students of the music. Yeah. What else did that sense of other make you feel? It, it definitely felt different from Love Supreme in the UK. It made me, I suppose it makes you feel that it's not all yours, whereas the one in the UK feels yours. You know, you, you're effectively shaping it. I think in Japan... I wouldn't say they're more respectful of the music in terms of hardcore music fans, but I think in the UK, people still go to festivals just to go to festivals. They want to go to a festival. There's a festival market crowd. In Japan, everyone was there for the music. All the shows were full. In between the shows, there was nobody mulling around, sitting around drinking you know, on the grass. It was just very much focus on the music. So yeah, it was, it was different. It was, a, it was a different experience. And there is a sense of other, you're right, in Japan. And it... it I guess it's an island and, you know, they've created their own culture, their own rules and regulations, their own conventions. That, that not all yours thing, though, that almost like it's been taken out of your hands and now it's living and breathing in a different way. Can you imagine it's going to pop up in other places in the world and are you comfortable letting go like that? I think it will pop up in other places in the world. We're, we're discussing different territories at the moment. And yes, I am comfortable with it so long as there's a sort of respect of the brand, our branding, how we convey the brand, our tone. Uh, but you have to let go a little bit, especially in terms of curation, in terms of what they're booking, because mm. they don't book everything that you would necessarily book. So I think there has to be a little bit of distance between you and your partners in those territories. And you have to give them some freedom to book what they want or what they feel is right for that market. Because last time we spoke, you talked about, I, I loved it, you described it as the aesthetic, yeah. which is essentially as a brand only. You say, this is the look and the feel. Yeah. This is the tone of voice. This is the personality. These are my values. Yeah. How far is that aesthetic still going to be Sarah Romano's vision? Well, I think 
all the branding is still ours and the tone is definitely still ours. And the aesthetic, when I, when I talk about aesthetic, it's not just about the designs and the tone of the language that we use, which is really important. There's a sort of lack of histrionics in our, in our how we talk. There's no exclamation marks. We don't get over it. No hyperbole. No hyperbole. No, ad- yeah. no adjectives. Yeah, no it's, adjectives. It's really yeah. important, though. Yeah. No, no, it's actually, that's, a, that's the mark of a confident brand. Yeah, so like, for, you know, for example, there were, we had somebody on site and there was something going, the notorious so-and-so is coming. And I just said, no, that's out. So I think from that perspective, it will be maintained. But in terms of just pure content, I think there has to be a little bit of distance. But yeah, the aesthetic that we have will not change. The lack of exclamation mark. Yeah, Sarah, I don't like that, exclamation marks. I can see that's really, it's <laughs> is, is ruffled him. Is that you? Is that your personality? Or is that the personality that you think the Love Supreme brand needs to have? I think it's a bit of both. I, I feel that if you curate a festival well, if everything's done properly, you don't need to use exclamation marks because what you're, the information that you're conveying should be exciting enough without you having to tell the audience that they're excited. They should be excited, sorry. And you being, is that is that you? That's me, yes, yes, definitely. I don't need to tell you to be excited, you just should be excited <laughs> because I'm Sarah Romano. So I never use exclamation marks and my 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 emails are very minimal generally. They are, I, I can attest to that, it's absolutely true. What time is that happening? 8.45, thank you very much. Stay with me for much more from my guest there, Sarah Romano. He'll be back in a couple of minutes here on our Jazz Shapers Encore special at Love Supreme 2022. Right now, we're going to hear a taster from the Michigan Innovation Series, which can be found on all all the major podcast platforms. Natasha Knight invites business founders to share their industry insights and practical advice for those of you thinking about getting into an industry and starting your very own thing like Zero. In this clip, focused on entering the arts industries, we hear from Fabian Riggle, founder and chief creative officer of Secret Cinema. The Mishcon Innovation Series. Insights from founders for your future business. in association with Jazz Shapers, with Mishkon Dereya. I never raised any capital at the beginning. It was always about basically putting the tickets on sale, the money would come in, and then we'd spend it on the show, And which is always a bit of a risky way. Most theatre producers or you know film producers will raise the capital from investors and then you know build the shows. But we, the actual audience, were always investing in the shows, and it gave us that freedom to not have to like compromise for a long time we never had to answer to anyone we just created the show and that's the thing i would say to anyone who's got a good idea is it's critical to make sure that you do your thing and you you don't get too compromised by the money that comes in now it's a very exciting time because essentially everything is up for reinvention and including the way that artists release work and how that work is owned to any budding entrepreneur make sure that you legally understand what you're doing the management system the label system the representation system the ownership of the masters or the ownership of your film yeah things are shifting and i think it's just extraordinary the the resource that you have now to build an enterprise or a, you know you can literally with a thousand people that follow you you can create a business so that's just your family your friends and then times five the mishcon innovation series in association with jazz shapers with mishcon derea Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, 
but it's personal. You can enjoy all our former business shapers on the Jazz Shapers podcast. You can hear this very program again if you pop Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. Sir Romano is my guest today, founder and festival director of Love Supreme, and also the founder of the Kite Festival, or Kite Festival, which happened just a few weeks ago. Where did that idea come from? And just explain it for those people that aren't aware of it. So Kite is a festival of ideas and music. And the original idea came to me at Hay Festival in 2017. Uh, I went to Hay Festival, which is an amazing festival. For people who don't know it, it's writers, politicians, intellectuals, economists, actors, actresses, the whole gamut of a Sunday magazine. And it's a great festival. But after um, three or four hours of listening to talks and going from talk to talk, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great now if we could just go into like a field and listen to some music, have a few drinks, DJs, it become a different kind of event because this is really, really interesting. But then it just kind of ends and you're in the middle of hay in Wales and there's nothing to do. So that was the the start of the idea. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more and about whether there would be an audience for a broader type of offering with ideas at the center of it. And I'd thought about how the last 20 years we've changed so much as a society, for good or bad, we've become more curious and more opinionated, more passionate, more informed, more activist, mostly as a result of the internet and social media, as I said, for right or wrong, whether it's fake news or otherwise, but we've all become a bit more interested. It's become less specialized and less elitist. But the one thing that hasn't changed in the last 20 years is that we still love music and we still love to have a good time. So the idea was, how can we bring together these two different types of events? Mm. You know, a music festival and an ideas festival. And that, that was the idea. And then I sort of thought about it more and more and started thinking about how, how it might look, how the day might pan out, who would need to help us with ideas, how to get the money, <laughs> you know, the usual things. So that, that was, that was the, the basic idea. And, and I think there's a human truth in that. I think you're, I'm, for what it's worth, I think you're absolutely right in terms of the curiosity because of the, the, the level of information and, and mm. ideas that we're exposed to in, in the web and, and the connectivity. Mm. I also think it's true that our brains work in interesting ways where you can read something, and I'm certainly the same. I might be reading The Economist or the FT, but I love to stop and then listen to some music, mm. relax, and then come back into it. So I think there's a, a human truth to to that, which I'm sure will, you know, how many people this, this year? 5, we had 5,000 in the first year, 5, 000, which we were really happy which about. Which is fabulous. Yeah. But when you were talking, it reminded me again of something we were talking about last time, which is the your ability to pull people together to collaborate. For those people that don't collaborate, what what would you say were Ciro's three top things? Because you're you're good at it, Ciro, right? You do it for a living. Like collaborating. Uh, or, collaborating, right. yes, as opposed to making music or yeah, writing yeah. books, which are neither yeah. of which you probably do, but if we, we can talk about that as well. Yeah. But in terms of the collaboration, how can you, how do you bring these quite different worlds together? For me, the first thing is really understanding the market and understanding what, what is out there and seeing where there are, there are gaps. So that's the first thing that you have to do. But I think understanding what things that you're missing as an individual. What, what am I missing? What don't I have? So once you have the idea, we're not good at everything. And in terms of collaborating and bringing things together, I feel that you really need to understand your own limitations. As soon as you understand your own limitations, that opens you up to bringing in other people that will fill those gaps. So I think that's mm. the first thing. I'm not quite sure there's anything else in terms of 
just so I understand the question. Well, once they're in, so let's now yeah. say I've, I've yeah. identified my gaps. Okay. I need someone who's going to be phenomenal in the world of literature. Yeah, yeah. You then get Jane and Fred and John, yeah. and they all come in, and they, you know, yeah. in this instance, for example, in terms of news, it was the tor- yeah. the tortoise media, yeah. uh, James yeah. Harding and his team over there. In terms of making the work, the collaboration work at that stage, are yeah. there specific things? I mean, you, you strike me as a good listener. You strike me as someone who said, well, I've got my point of view, but I'd like to hear yours. Is that an important oh, oh, part of yeah, it? Yeah, and I think we discussed this last time. I think you have to be a, a great listener, not just to those partners, but people in production, your ticketing people. Because, you know, we, I don't do everything myself. I've got an amazing team of people that I work with. And they all have opinions, you know, and sometimes I listen to those opinions. And sometimes I feel that I'm on one route and we're going on that route. But sometimes you have to be able to kind of go off route a little bit and then get back on it again. And just because somebody does production or because they do ticketing doesn't mean they won't have an opinion on who you're booking or what your branding should look like. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty open to, to, I wouldn't say collaborating, but to absorbing Mm. other people's point of views. And then I kind of, I then go back on my road again, but with more information. But I assume also you're comfortable disagreeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Italian. He's Italian. <laughs> and, and, and a qualified lawyer, obviously. And a qualified lawyer. A qualified practicing yeah. lawyer. Don't mess with Ciro. The other, the other thing I would say about, about festivals is, you know, when you curate a bill, everything has to be interlinked. And sometimes I think the best festivals are the ones where you look at a poster and it makes sense right away. So mm. they're not all the same, the artists. But there's some kind of DNA in the in the. So, in so the what's bill. the DNA here? So we've got it in front of us. We've got the, the Love Supreme Jazz Festival 2022. Erica Badu at the top, Gregory Porter, Tom Mishley. And tell me, tell me the thread. So in the this. thread for for Love Supreme is obviously the, the the DNA is jazz, and out of jazz has come soul music and funk and R and B and hip hop. All those music genres have their some form of connection to jazz. So that gives me a broader palette with which to work to make it a broader audience event. Because if it was just jazz, we would not be sitting here talking. It wouldn't be big enough. It would be 5,000 people a day. So that's important. And even on Kite, with the type of speakers that we had, with the type of artists that we booked, the challenge was to go, okay, if, if people want to go and see Ai Weiwei or listen to Rory Stewart speak to Andrew Neil or listen to Tina Brown talk about the royal family, all of which happened, what kind of music do these people like? Then you have to somehow make that connection which is really challenging but again as you look at a poster it all has to make sense and it has to make sense in a nanosecond in terms of putting these things on right and you've done you've done quite a few now does it get easier logistically or is every year just different in terms of the challenges you face so i'd say that the booking becomes easier because you're if you develop a reputation as a festival the artists start wanting, you know, the first two or three years of Love Supreme was me trying to book acts. Now, 90% of the acts come to us to want to play the festival, apart from probably the top, top, maybe three or four acts. So that's become easier, and then that makes my other events easier, like our Blenheim Palace concerts, kites, etc. So I think that becomes easier. Logistics remains a big challenge because it's always changing. You know, when something gets bigger, you have more areas, so everything changes all the time. The, the site changes so the site gets redrawn you know an extra three thousand people it makes a huge difference to how you how you draw the site so that's always that's always a challenge and also the biggest thing that i found is that when you're on because we were below the parapet for a long time with this festival nobody really noticed it. it just then all of a sudden you're above the parapet then more people have opinions and things that's that's definitely changed and when more people have opinions and things how do you 
manage that emotionally? I, I sort of mostly mostly ignore it because I think you have to keep to your vision, keep to your route, and try not to be swayed too much by people trying, you know, saying, you know, why don't you book X? Why don't you book Y? Why don't you go go to a different site? We can get bigger. All those different things. So you just have to keep on the road, Elliot. Keep on the road. Keep, keep driving. Road. Yeah. Keep trucking. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, you know, I, I think about, um, in fact, he was on the program many years ago, Harvey Goldsmith and yeah. other people that are what I would call sort of impresarios. Yeah. Do you see yourself as an impresario? Not really, no. How would you describe yourself, sir, if you're not, <laughs> if you're not an impresario? Um, I'm an ex-lawyer who went into business, basically. That's kind of what I am. I'm not an impresario because I'm not like Harvey and those guys who are, you know, they've been in the business since they were 15, 16. There's a different... We used the word DNA earlier. There's just a completely different DNA. You know, I don't, I'm not, hist- you know, I'm not saying Harvey's histrionic, but I'm not, I just have a different way of approaching things. I, I'm generally pretty calm about everything and don't get too excited. But I think at the core, you're still driven by the passion of the music and the passion yeah. of this excitement that you create, Yeah. which I find interesting because that's juxtaposed with the rational lawyer that just happened to have gone into well, business. Well, I think that's, that's because, I think because I studied law and I spent 10 years as a lawyer, that's kind of shaped me a little bit because I wasn't, you know, it's given me a longer attention span. It's given me a better <laughs> attention to detail. I wouldn't have had those if I hadn't been a lawyer. I would have just been a normal person. But when you practice law for 10 years, it, it, you just, <laughs> you're not a normal person You're just anymore. not a normal person anymore. Right? <laughs> you just learn all this stuff. And like, you can read these really long documents and yeah. you don't get bored in meetings as easily as other people. And those things are now in in my in the very way I live. It's just this, I read everything, so all my team know I read everything. At one point, I'll read it, no matter how many emails I get, mm. just because I just in case I miss something. You know, like, I don't want to miss anything. Don't want anybody to sneak <laughs> sneak an email at one in the morning. Uh, under you're yeah, a nightmare, basically. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're dangerous. Um, and, and as as you said yourself, you're not a normal person because obviously lawyers and I know quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, you are do. Not, are not you normal do. people. Stay with me for my final chat uh, with Sir Romano, and we've got a classic track from another Love Supreme 2022 headliner. It is Erica Badu, and that's all coming up in just a moment. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Erica Badu there with Honey. She's the headliner here at Love Supreme Jazz Festival 2022. Sue Romano is my headliner on this Jazz Shapers Encore special. You were talking about the Kite Festival. Mm. You've talked about Love Supreme. My question is around ideas and where they come from for you and, and potentially what's next. Ideas are funny old things. They creep up on you. And you said you read everything. Mm. And we talked about absorbing everything. And it goes in there and then something, mm. something pops out. And you talked about the Hay Festival and where's the music? I don't mm. know what I'll do, I'll go and create it. Mm. What do you think the next one's going to be? Have you got another one brewing? Expanding Love Supreme internationally is one of our priorities. And then making Kite a genuine event for the festival calendar is a big challenge for me. So right now, I've got a couple of ideas percolating, but right now I just want to get those two things, you know, in a, well, Love Supreme's already in a good place, but get Kite in a really good place. And obviously we do our Blenheim Palace concerts every year as well. So we might extend that to another stately home somewhere in the UK. But right now, I probably won't do anything new for another couple of years, I don't think. But the R&D department of Sir Romano is, is ticking yeah, away always. Always, always, yeah. So there's about two or three ideas in my head that I just know that if I start them, I'm not going to give enough time to kite and then international expansion for Love Supreme to make those things work. But they will eventually happen. And in the R&D lab, are there yeah. other people that you look to, that you talk to, that, that inspire you? Not really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, Elliot, this is all about me. No, no, that's, that's not what I mean. But, but the, the truth is, that both of those events, they just, 
you know, they came from the R&D lab. And then what happens that you have the idea and then you might speak to a couple of people about it. But you've got to be really careful about that because most people think that's a bad idea. Well, that's not a great idea. And then, so you, you've got to be quite robust. What you were just walking me for, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you've got to be, got to have this kind of slightly bizarre belief in your own tastes and gentle opinions. Gentle mocking, obviously. Yeah, gentle mocking. Clear. But that's true. So, you know, Love, yeah. I mean, Love Supreme, there was a lot of my friends who were promoters who thought the idea of an outdoor jazz festival was completely idiotic and it would never work. And it's the same with Kite. So, like, I think, you know, Blenheim Palace hadn't worked for many promoters before we did it. And but, then, but is there, a, and, I, and I understand that, yeah. I think you're right, you know, yeah. the, the crazy, the idea, and it's the crazy people that get stuff done and that make things that no one else thinks they can do yeah. that, that can be done. But is there anyone where you kind of have a muse relationship at all where you go, I'll talk to that person, I'm not going to get a no, I'm not going to get judgment, I'm going to get someone who goes, that's interesting, have you thought about that? I'd, I'd like to say yes, but the reality is I don't, I've never really had a mentor. I'm mm. not the kind of person who, you know, everybody's different. Some people love having mentors, but I was never, I was more an absorber of everybody. I spoke to everybody, even as a young lawyer, I was always trying to learn from other departments, doing different things and absorbing information, talking to everybody. Definitely, I'm much more interested in what people have to say than getting advice from people. I'm just much more interested in absorbing what they're doing, what they're saying, what people feel, rather than somebody giving me advice. Yeah. I'm not sure I really believe in advice that much. I think I, they I must decide admit, our I'm, own things. I'm probably with you. If someone yeah. asked me that question, I think I'd probably say the same thing. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to listen, but like, yeah. I, haven't got, I haven't got a formal yeah. relationship with, that yeah. with anyone. We're going to be going live to, to Love Supreme here on Jazz FM very shortly. What are you most looking forward to later today and on the Sunday? Uh, later today, I'd say on the jazz side, Charles Lloyd, who obviously we always have one legend at the festival in, in the jazz world, and he's the one today. So Charles Lloyd and definitely Erica, you know, having the only show that Erica's doing in the UK this year. She hasn't played for about five years in the UK. It's quite a special achievement for us to get to finally get her. Fantastic. Listen, I'm really looking forward to enjoying it. Um, I'm going to be there later as well. I'm going to be there with at least one of my children. Good. (laughs) Um, And uh, he's a major fan of many of the acts. So phenomenal to be here with you, Sir Romano. Just before I let you go, though, what's your song choice and why have you chose it? My song choice is uh, by the Fatback Band. It's called Gotta Learn How to Dance. And I, I chose it because a couple of weeks ago, I got a call. I was in my study and I got a call from Candy Staten's agent telling me that Candy wouldn't be able to do the festival for reasons I don't need to go into here. And I bowed my head and I thought, well, how am I going to get somebody to replace them in two weeks? And I know everyone's going to find this difficult to believe, but on my Spotify at that time, this song was playing. And I thought, oh, I wonder if they're from America, there's no way they're going to be free. But I went onto their website and I saw that they were in the UK and that that day it was free. I emailed the agent right at that moment and said, you know, are they free on the 2nd of July? I made an offer and an hour later they confirmed. So literally it's the fastest I've ever replaced anyone (laughs) in my life. And it doesn't happen very often. So, And I love this song anyway, so that's why I chose it. That was the Fatback Band with Gotta Learn How to Dance, the song choice of my business shaper, my encore special, Ciro Romano. He talked about this, the Love Supreme Festival 2022, not being all his, as it were, and letting go as he saw it evolve in Japan and no doubt it'll come up in other places. 
what don't I have? That question he asks when he thinks about how he's going to deliver the idea that intrinsically involves doing other things that will therefore involve collaboration. It's a really simple way of looking at the world. And finally, how he comes to new ideas and that sense of being an absorber, someone that really listens, that exposes himself to new ideas. That is a way to develop brand new thinking. Great stuff. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a wonderful summer. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoy that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishkon.com forward slash jazz shapers.